Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I'm your host, Brian Montez, founder of Scalosity Works and the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching and membership community. So congratulations is in order. If you've built a successful freelance business that has grown to the point where you need to hire, you have achieved a huge milestone. If you're already past the point of making your first hire and your team is now growing, well, congratulations is in order to you as well. So regardless of where you are with scaling your team and your business, whether you're at employee number one or employee number 100, this podcast focuses on everything related to people operations. We'll cover best practices, strategies, and solutions to help you build a sustainable and scalable business that is fueled by great people and a great culture. So if you're enjoying listening to this Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, please subscribe, give us a like, and give us a review. Your feedback will help us grow this podcast, and we'll be able to positively impact more employers to help them build better work environments. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I am your host, Brian Montes, founder of the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching and membership community. So last week, we talked about the anatomy of a job posting that was guaranteed to help you attract the best talent to your organization. And during that podcast, during that talk, I touched on the importance of doing a deep dive job review, job analysis before you finish that job posting and before you go to market and start recruiting. And I mentioned that I was going to take this time on this week's podcast to get into detail and talk about what is a job analysis, how do you conduct a proper one, what are the methods to conducting one, and the benefits. So that's what we're going to cover today. You know, we know that making the right hire is vitally important to your business. Now, while these numbers are not exact, the U.S. Department of Labor estimates that the average cost of a bad hiring decision is at least 30% of the individual's first year expected earnings. Now, if you take an employee with an annual income of $50,000, the cost to your organization can be as much as $15,000. Others are going to argue that that cost is actually greater. And why is it that there is some discussion or debate around that number? Well, because not everything can be measured, right? Some of the expenses that are tied to high attrition rates, we can absolutely capture them on your financial statements and we can absolutely measure them. There are other costs that are soft costs that we won't be able to. But we know that some of the expenses that we absolutely can catch Time and expenses associated with onboarding and training new employees. Hours spent reviewing resumes and interviewing candidates and recruitment advertising fees, right? So these first two are hard costs that your business incurs every time you go to recruit. The third is your time and energy managing poor performance. Your time is worth something. You have an hourly rate that's attributed to you as the business owner, as the hiring manager, as the leader of that particular employee. The fourth is the drain on productivity from disrupted projects and a lack of continuing work, right? Now, how are you going to measure that? Well, if you're late delivering product to clients, if you're late getting product out the door, if you're late getting the services that you've promised to that client, those are all going to be things that are going to impact your business. The next one is the impact on team morale and stress. Even if this is just your first employee, it's going to impact your morale and it's going to increase your stress level if you make a bad hire. The next one is the risk of diminished customer service, right? If you're not able to deliver on time, if the quality is decreasing, there's a whole host of issues that can come from having that hiring go wrong on you. And last but not least, an increased risk of legal fees from unlawful termination or discrimination claims. Now, I'm not saying here that the hiring or or if you let this person go, that the termination is automatically deemed unlawful. But from that employee's perspective, they're going to question whether or not they should have been let go. Doesn't matter whether it's within the first few days, doesn't matter if it's in the first few weeks. 
their perception may be that they were unlawfully terminated or that they have discrimination claims. You've got to remember this. When you hire an employee, from day one, they have rights as an employee. So it is so important that when you make that hiring decision, that how do I word this? You have as many facts and as much data at hand to help you make an informed decision. Will you have 100%? Absolutely not. The hiring just does not work that way. It's, it's a little bit like trading the stock market, right? You can do your trade thesis. You can look at your charts. You can do all of your homework and make an informed decision about potentially entering into a stock trade. Does it mean that stock trade can't go against you? It absolutely can. You can do everything right and still have that trade go against you. Well, the same thing goes with hiring, right? You can do everything right in the hiring process from the job posting through the conversations and the interviews through the background checks, whatever your process is, you can do everything right. And that hiring can still go against you. But that doesn't mean that we still shouldn't do everything that we can to reduce the chances of making a bad hire. So with that said, today we are going to talk about what is a job analysis? Why is a proper job analysis so important to your business? How do you conduct a proper job analysis? What are the methods to conducting and completing that analysis? And what are the benefits to you as the business by doing this? Those are the five things we're going to talk about today. And we're going to give you, of course, like we always do, a framework and a roadmap to work with so that you can take this podcast information. And when you get to, to work tomorrow, you can start implementing it right away. So the first thing we're going to talk about is what is a job analysis? And it's important that you understand what it is and why it is so important to what you do. A job analysis is an assessment of a job position that you are going to do to determine the skills and competencies needed to perform that job within your organization. So this isn't about the person and this isn't about them once they become an employee. This is about the job itself, what the business needs out of that role. That's what you're defining. See, and oftentimes what ends up happening is a job analysis is not completed and then we are trying to take a skeleton job description and fit a person into it. And what we're doing here is we're going to reverse engineer the process by understanding truly what the business needs, what the customers need. You can create that job analysis to clearly define the role and understand what does success look like in this role. So the job analysis, it's a process that's going to involve different methods and steps used to evaluate the position. Now, job analysis are done across multiple industries. It doesn't matter what business you're in, what industry you're in. Job analysis can be done for any industry across all spectrums. And completing that job analysis, it's going to help you understand the competencies that you need to have in that team member so they can be successful and perform within that role within the company. Okay, That competency is a set of behaviors, abilities, and knowledge that is needed to do work in the job. I'm going to say that one more time. A competency is a set of behaviors, abilities, and knowledge that is needed to work in that job. So that is what a job analysis is. Now, what you need to understand is why is it so important? There's a few reasons why a job analysis is so important to the success of your business. First, workforce planning. A job analysis is going to identify those job requirements in terms of skills, attributes, and other professional characteristics. And it's more of a qualitative element of workforce demands. It's going to make it easier for you to delegate work to various roles. I'm going to give you a great example of workforce planning. So we are working with a CEO founder right now, and his business is growing, and he's adding on more employees. And he's in the food manufacturing space. And he's got a food safety team, 
But the one position that he currently doesn't have on his team is a level two quality assurance person. He's got a level one, but he doesn't have a level two. So before he goes out and starts recruiting for this position, we are coaching him on doing a job analysis of that role. What does a quality assurance specialist level two require? What are the hard skills that are required in it? What are the soft skills? What are the competencies? All of that is getting mapped out before we even coach him on writing the job posting. This way, the team is very clear on what the quality assurance specialist level two requires in terms of skills and competencies. Now they can write the job posting and now they can go to market and start talking to people and looking for the right team member. So the second reason why a job analysis is so important is because of recruitment and selection. Okay, like I just mentioned, you need to write that, you know, do that workforce planning or you need to do that job analysis so that you can properly write a job posting. Okay, you're going to increase the caliber of your recruitment, you're going to increase the quality of your selection, and you're going to increase your ability to find the right candidate because you have done that work. The third is training and development. When you take the time to map out the job analysis, you now have a list of hard skills and soft skills that you need this new employee to have. Now, at the end of the day, it's almost impossible for us to find a team member with 100% of everything that is required in that role. I guarantee you, if I go out and look for a job tomorrow and say I apply for a COO level job, even with 20 years of business experience between Fortune 500s and entrepreneurial businesses that I've run, plus my own companies that I've started and built, even with all that experience, I guarantee you, if I went and applied for a COO level role tomorrow at a company, I would not have 100% of what they're looking for. It's almost impossible. I may have 90%, I may have 85%, but I'm not going to have 100%. So the purpose of having a training and development roadmap tied to your job analysis is because there will be some things in your job posting and some things in your job description where they are must-haves. Before you start interviewing, you can look at everything you need and say, okay, this candidate has to have this, has to have this, has to have this. They don't necessarily have to have this. This is a a nice-to-have, but it's not a deal-breaker if they don't have it. If they're missing this, can we train them once they start with us? Right? You need to look at the chessboard, if you will, and decide what are the pieces that you have to have, what are the pieces that are nice to have but aren't 100% necessary, and what are the things you could possibly upskill or train once they've started. So the training and development component is an important piece to why we do a job analysis. Job evaluation is the next component. How are you going to be able to measure their performance? How are they going to be able to measure their performance? How are they going to know if they're being successful? unless we have done the job analysis, unless we have defined what success looks like in the role. Can't evaluate what you don't have a benchmark for. The next thing is, you know, when you do deep job analysis, this is how you can establish your promotions and your opportunities, right? So this particular company that we're coaching, they are getting ready to create the position of the quality assurance specialist level two. And so by doing that, This person, of course, is going to want upward mobility as the company grows. So what's that next level? Is it a quality assurance from, you know, from supervisor to manager, right? What does that next position look like? So as you do a deep dive job analysis, part of that is analyzing from here, what is the next role this person could organically grow into? What's the next step as a business grows? What positions will be needed that are higher level that this person can promote into? So that also can be part of your job analysis. 
Last but not least is employment guidance. You do the deep job analysis so that you can get a job description that is based on job analysis, which will truly assist your applicants in determining if the job that they're applying for, if they truly feel they meet the essential skills and knowledge, right? Because people don't want to waste their time. They don't want to apply for a job they're not qualified for. Yes, there are times we get applicants that aren't quite qualified. They're hoping that if they have 50% of what's required, they might at least be able to get an interview. But a lot of people do read the details on your job posting and say, nope, this isn't for me. I'm going to pass. And it's just saved you time and it saved them time as well. So that is why we do a job analysis. And that is why a proper job analysis is so important. Let's talk about now how to conduct a proper job analysis. So if you're multitasking, hopefully, you know, if you're driving, you won't be able to take notes. But this is a time where you want to get pen and pad out and take some notes because this is your framework to how to conduct a proper job analysis. So number one, gather information about the position. How do you do this? Well, you're going to observe and interview employees currently in that job position. Now, if you're hiring employee number one, you can't do that. So how can you go about doing that if you currently don't have have a team? Well, there's a couple things you can do. You can call up another owner of a business that's in the same space as you that may already have hired and they have the same position that you're looking to fill and give them a call and take them out to lunch and ask them these questions, right, about that particular job and what's expected of it. So you can certainly go to a peer or a colleague to do that. Uh, You can research it on the internet. You can, you know, plenty of job listings and job postings are on the internet between Indeed and LinkedIn and Glassdoor. Um, You know, there's hundreds of job sites out there. So you can certainly go to some of those job sites and start to pull some of that data together to start to establish what is going to be required in that job position. The third thing you can do, which to me is the most powerful thing, is you can just take a step back and look at your business and start to bullet point what you need out of this person. What is it that you need them to do in this role to both help the company take work off of you and for them to be successful? So you take a step back and just start looking at your business. Say, okay, I need this person to do this. I need this person to do this. I need this person to do this. And you just start bullet pointing it out. And before you know it, you have started to create that role. And certainly you can pull all three together, right? You can talk to a a colleague that runs a similar business and get their insight. You can do research on the internet. And of course, you can take a step back and look at what you feel your business needs, utilize those bullet points and those tasks to help gather information about the position. The second thing that you need to do to conduct a proper job analysis is you need to evaluate the importance of each task and competency. You know, because once you gain an understanding of which competencies are needed, you can start to align that with what your business needs. Okay. And again, there's lots of resources out there for that. You know, you can consult subject matter experts that can help you design tasks that are needed to perform the job. You know what else you can do? You can join the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching community. This is what we do all day long. We help business owners build high-performing teams. So if you are interested and want to work with the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching program, we can help you break down these tasks, bullet point everything out, do the deep dive job analysis and help you create that job posting. That's all part and parcel of what you would get in the entrepreneur to employer coaching community. After that shameless plug, we're back at it. The fourth thing that you need to do to conduct a proper job analysis is take other job descriptions that are similar and review them. Look at what they have in there and look for some of those best practices. There's a lot of great job descriptions that are out there that you can utilize or learn from or repurpose some of that language. 
right? So once you've figured out the most important competencies and you set your list up of tasks and skill sets, now you start to create your job posting, right? So this way you have a standard for each position that matches your employee's input or the input that you've done on your own research and your own observations of what the company needs for that position. Number five, use data to make changes. So once this job is created, once the person is on, that doesn't mean that it's set in stone. That doesn't mean you don't go back and review it regularly. Everything in your business is going to be fluid. It's going to be always be a dynamic world for you, okay? Especially with the way the world turns today. So after that person is on, after the job is going, use data to make changes, right? Look at your organization as a whole. Decide if the right tasks were assigned to the right job based on your analysis. And if you find that work from one department is going to fit better in a different team, a different person, or a new position, do not be afraid to shift those tasks to another job. You know, you may also find some departments are handling more work than others. So don't be afraid to continually look at what's going on in your organization and use data to make changes that are necessary. All right. What methods can you use to conduct a job analysis? So I'm going to give you a quick list of methods that you can use, right? I've given you how to conduct that analysis. Now I'm going to give you the methods. So there's a few methods you can do. We're going to go through four of them. So keep your pen and paper handy here. First is interviews. If you already have a department, you can ask employees to give you details about their job. This way you can make sure that those job descriptions that they're working on are accurate and you can use that information to fuel the creation of new job postings and new job descriptions. Now, if you are the entrepreneur that is getting ready to hire employee number one, you're not going to have that resource. So again, what can you do? Well, you can go onto the internet and pull job descriptions that have similar job titles to what you think you are going to be creating and start to review multiple job descriptions. Number two, you can certainly talk to a peer, right? You talk to another business owner that runs a similar business to you or has that similar position and ask them, hey, can I see your job description for that particular role? I'd, I'd love to look at it and get some insight out of it and maybe some best practices. So you can certainly do that. Third thing, again, you can work with the entrepreneur to employer community and we can help you with all of that stuff. But you as the employer, you need to ask questions about specific tasks and you need to request a breakdown of the duties that are performed. And again, if this is the first hire for you, you are going to have to create the breakdown of duties. You need to sit down and map out what do I need this person to accomplish to help our business grow. Second thing is observations. An employer may choose to watch employees complete their jobs. And again, if you're going to do that, if you already have employees and you're going to do that, let them know that's what you're doing because it's going to be awfully creepy if you're standing on the manufacturing floor or you're standing in the, you know, any part of the business where they're working, just staring at them. So let them know, hey, I'm observing, not because I'm trying to micromanage you, but I'm going to be working on our job postings, working on our job descriptions, and I really want to make sure that I clearly understand everything you do day in and day out. Because what I will tell you is that as, as a business grows, the job that somebody gets hired for and the job description that they agree to, it often evolves over time. And that's normal. It's going to happen. But what we don't do a good job, what employers don't do a good job of doing is keeping the documentation current with the changes. So that job description that they signed you know, a year ago, 50% of it now may have shifted, but we do not do a good job of keeping that up. And that's something that we strongly encourage you to do is make sure you are dynamic in your job descriptions and you keep them current. So if you're going to observe workflow and observe employees, let them know that's why you're doing it. And if you don't have employees yet and you're getting ready to hire employee number one, not a problem. Again. 
Find a peer business, a business that's similar to you and has the type of job that you're going to be creating. Ask that business owner, hey, can I come over and chat with your employees? Can I come over and watch for a little bit? There are ways for you to get that information, even if you do not have any employees to watch of your own and you are only hiring employee number one. Third method you can use is surveys. You know, some employers will use a survey to find out how a certain task is completed or how much of a skill set is actually used to complete that. And again, same thing. If you have a team, you can utilize your team. If you don't, no problem. Find a peer business you can work with. Find a retired business owner that had that same business and bounce some ideas off of him. A lot of information out on the internet as well. So there are resources out there to get this information. Last but not least is a work log. You can request a written account of daily work for a certain period of time. This is the opposite to going out and physically observing. So I coached a business owner and having them do this with their warehouse team. They were struggling with productivity. There was a lot of overtime with their four warehouse employees and they could not understand why. Well, on its face, it's pretty simple. There's there's obviously, um, there's inefficiencies in the process. Team members are choosing not to work as, as hard as they could or a combination of both. So what we coached and worked with this business owner on was having him roll out a work log. So for one month, the employees had to track all of the work that they did on a day-to-day basis. We did that for a couple of reasons. We want to see patterns. We want to see things that they are doing over and over and over and having to repeat. Because with that, there's an opportunity to systematize that particular process, right? If we can put systems in place that ease that repetitive work, that's going to make things more efficient. So work logs will give you an idea of the day-to-day job, what it looks like day in and day out, and the the skills that are required to complete those particular tasks. So those are some of the methods that you can use to complete a job analysis. Next, we want to talk about what are the benefits to it. The benefits of conducting a job analysis, there are a few. One, it's going to give you the ability to recognize the necessary skills and tasks that are required to be successful in that role. It's important for you as the hiring manager, as the business owner, as the leader to know what skills and tasks are needed to be successful because the last thing you want to do is hire somebody without the necessary skills and tasks and have them fail in that role. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you goodwill. It's going to make that person frustrated. They're going to feel like they failed. It doesn't end well. And these are the things that ultimately get employers into trouble when an employee decides they've been mistreated, they're unhappy. People go to lawyers. And so the more we can do to make employees successful, we fundamentally reduce risk for litigation and lawsuits and all kinds of problems. This is why it's so important that we take a proactive HR mindset to everything that we do. Okay. The second benefit of conducting a job analysis is creating evaluation methods. Once you have a benchmark, you still need to evaluate it. You still need to measure it. So once you've created this detailed job description and you have an agreement upon what it is, now you can evaluate job performance. Once that necessary skill set for a job becomes clear, employers can restructure evaluations to more realistically gauge how well that employee fulfills their job responsibilities. And again, when it comes to evaluations and performance management and performance enablement, it is not a one-size-fits-all, but that is a different topic for a different podcast. The next benefit to you is it's going to allow you to determine salaries and promotion criteria. And how can you make determinations on whether they have earned a merit-based salary increase or whether they're ready for promotion unless you have that benchmark starting to work with and you tie that into your evaluations. So use that job analysis. You can rank competencies used in the job and you can use that to determine their success in the role. 
The next benefit for you is it's going to guide you on employee training and development. This came up again earlier, right? Training and development is critical. Nobody that we hire is going to have 100% of what we need for them to hit the ground running on day one and just be that superstar. They may have 95% of it, but they're not going to have 100% of it. So by doing your job analysis, you know where the shortfalls may be, what you're willing to accept them not having a skill in and have a plan to train for it as they come on board. Last but not least, the benefit to this is that you can update your hiring processes. Again, hiring processes and everything you do in business are dynamic and your hiring processes are going to evolve over time. What we did three years ago from a hiring process perspective is not the same thing we do today. What worked three years ago does not work today and what we're doing today will probably not work in two or three years. So the hiring processes are constantly going to evolve over time and you as an employer need to keep up with that. All right, well, that is a wrap on today's podcast. That is a wrap on us discussing the importance of doing a deep dive job analysis before you write your job description, before you write your job posting, and before you go to market. So I thank you for being part of this journey today. And you know, make sure you subscribe so that you can continue to build a thriving business by hiring the best people possible. Also, make sure to claim your free guide covering the 18 questions that you must ask and answer before you make that first hire. This free guide contains critical information that every entrepreneur needs to know when making that shift from entrepreneur to employer. And best of all, it's free. Just hit the link in the show notes and download it now. And if you know anybody that would benefit from this podcast, please feel free to share it. We'd love to get this information out to as many entrepreneurs as we can and help as many workplaces become the best they can be. So until next week, have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast today. We have a free resource for you. Download our free workbook with the 18 questions that a transitioning entrepreneur to employer needs to ask and answer before making that first hire. The link to your free resource is in the show notes. And last but not least, subscribe to this podcast and give us a review. The more we grow this entrepreneur to employer community, the more we can make sure that Mondays, or any day of the week for that matter, don't suck.